Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. All right. Well, fun. Well, give all of our mothers another big round of applause for being here. We truly, truly do love and appreciate you. And uh, I want to share today uh, a message that is not just for mothers. It's going to sound that way, but it's not really. It's for any of us that strive to be of a godly influence in, in the life of anyone younger than us, our children or our, our friends or uh, be a mentor to someone. This is a, a great message to remind us all on what it takes to be godly in the eyes of children and, the, and what God has called us to do. Uh, there's a a saying by an unknown author, but I think all the women would attest to this. Here's a statement. It says this, the joys of motherhood are never fully experienced until the children are in bed. I think a lot of us can, a lot of you can understand that. Uh, there are so many joys that come along with motherhood, uh, but there is that moment in time when they're all asleep and they're not arguing and they're not Bat, they're not, they're not uh, bickering back and forth. Uh, there's that time when they just are quiet, and you look at them in their bed, and you go, now they're angels. When they're asleep, not moving, nothing's being said, that's perfect time. Uh, and so we all get a chance to celebrate our mothers today. Uh, thank you to everyone online who's watching. We appreciate you joining us. All the mothers out there, thank you for what you've done to all of our, for all of our lives. Open your Bibles today. We're going to look at a proverb that is all about women, all about empowering women, all about empowering our mothers today. Proverbs chapter 31, uh, starting in verse 25, we're going to read several passages, several verses here, uh, talking about what it means to be a mother. Proverbs 31, verse 25, it says this, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful in, uh, instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and ladies, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I'm going to say that again. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today to honor and celebrate the amazing women in our lives who have spoken, instilled, instructed, disciplined, corrected, navigated through hard times, good times, high times, low times, through the, all the heartbreaks of life and all the buildups in life. They've always been there, faithful, faithful, investing in our lives. Thank you for them. We pray today that you would bless them, you'd watch over them, and let this word be a word that reverberates in their hearts to see them and let them know how much they are loved. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Mothers are a gift truly from God. Uh, I am, of course, a father. Uh, the, the traits and the characteristics that God 
has given me are nothing like Michelle. And I'm really grateful for that because I'm not attracted to myself, right? That's disgusting. Uh, this is the, the way that God created the, the woman and the man were of unique reasons. There's a reason why God made women the way that they made women. There's a reason why God created men the way he created men. In a world full of grays, in a world full of trying to change what a woman and the definition of a woman is, I'm grateful today that God created you ladies as beautiful and perfect as you are because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And all the men in the house should be saying yes and amen and giving a round of applause to our women. All right? This is, this is the purpose that God created women was to fill, to complete who men, where men would be lacking. It was to help find fulfillment. In fact, way back in Genesis when God created man and he created everything else, when he looked at man, he said to everything else, it was good. But when he looked at the creation of man, he said it is not good. He wasn't speaking of man. He said it was not good for man to be alone. So I would create for him a suitable helpmate. And this is where the, the life of a woman began and the life of mothers began their process. Was at the beginning, way back in the beginning of Genesis. Here's what a poem says. One poem says this. Mothers are a place where love emerges from the earth. And happiness rings out like bells in honor of our birth. Mothers are the sun that lights our life, our inner sky, so that we may know that we are loved and there's no reasons to question why. Mothers are the moon that shines upon our deep despair. So even when we weep, we know that someone else is always there. Whenever fear or stress or pain, uh, or pain might, then, might them to anger move, we know that underneath that storm, we have a mother that always says, I love you. Mothers are the steadiness, the rocks, the ones that are always loving, always nurturing, always caring for. And so what I want to do today in our next few of time is I want to talk about many characteristics I could talk about. I could go on and on and talk about, you know, uh, what, what makes a, a godly woman, what makes a godly mother, what makes us who we are today. But I want to just look at some specific ones. I want to use some biblical examples of that. Uh, so these first, these three things that I'm going to talk with you about today are the makings of a godly mother. What are the makings of a godly mother? Now, let me just say this first off. We all are on a journey. And there may be some of you today that as I speak this message, maybe you don't feel like you're doing such a great job, or maybe you feel like you've missed it in the past. Let me just say this. None of this message is to create any kind of shame or discouragement. It's all to say we're all in the same course to become more like Jesus, where none of us are perfect, right? None of us have accomplished it, right? Right? Hello, everybody? So we're all on the same journey, so we're just going to allow God to speak to our hearts and encourage us today that to, as we move forward, to become who God has called us to become. So the first thing that I want to talk about today, what a godly mother is, a godly mother prays for her child and dedicates them to the Lord. Now, of all the stories that I can think of whenever I think about this dedication and this prayer, I think back in the Old Testament to a woman known as Hannah. Hannah was a amazing, faithful woman of God, but yet 
She was without child. She was barren. And all she wanted in life was to have a child. That was her greatest desires of her heart. Look with me today in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, here's what it says. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9 through 20. It says, uh, Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting at the chair at the doorpost of the house of the Lord. Uh, in her deep anguish, she prayed to the Lord. What did she pray? What was she saying? She was weeping bitterly. She said this. She said, Lord Almighty, if you, are will, if you will only look on, on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him back to you and I will return him back to you. And so there's this, there's this woman, Hannah, in anguish. All she wants in life is just to have a child. Now, she says specifically here, she wants a son. Very specific in her prayers. And she makes, at that point, a vow to God that if you give me this son, I will return him back to serve you. And so it goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. There's a lot, there's a lot more to it. But basically, uh, <laughs> Eli the priest comes over because he thinks she's drunk because she's acting kind of weird and unusual. And she says, no, no, sir, I'm not drunk. I'm, in, I'm bitterly weeping for God that I would have a child. And Eli says to her, she, he says, then let it be as the Lord wants. And then goes, she goes home and she, she has relationships with her husband. And all of a sudden she becomes pregnant and she begins to start the journey of the little son that is soon going to be called Samuel. And we'll learn more about Samuel and what he, do, what he does throughout his life. But this is a very key moment, a demonstration of a mother's prayer and her remembering that God is in control of our life. Why was it so important for Hannah to have a child? And if you read the rest of the story, which we're going to learn about a little bit, she didn't have that child very long because she brought that child back to the temple and he was in the service, stayed there and grew up there in the house of the Lord serving God. So it's, why would you be so fervently about your prayer just to have a child for the season? And I'm just going to interject my own feelings because there was an unmet place inside of her that she felt no matter what, I want to be a mother, and I want to see God's fulfilling future through my child. And all of us have that desire inside of our lives. I hope, I hope we all do. We all want our kids to do better than us. We all want our kids to pursue and, and, and be uh, better financially, better future, better, more secure. We all want that for our kids. The struggles, the pains, the hurts we've been through, we don't want our kids to go through it, even though when they go through it, we suffer, we hurt with them, yet they have to journey on their own. Yet here she was, barren at the time, but said, no matter what, I will bring him back and he will serve you. She had a confidence in God that God would hear her, but not only God would hear her, but he would remember her and he would answer her prayers. And when he did, it was almost a confidence thing. When you do, I will bring him back and he will be dedicated to you. Um, on the 28th of this month, we will be doing our memorial mashup. Memorial mashup is a day of celebration. It's just a, it's a memorial day weekend, not just 
to remember all the great men and women who have given their lives for our country, which we're going to do. We're going to remember them. But it's also to celebrate all the kids that are moving up to the next place of learning right here at Crossview for the advancements that they're doing. And then also we are going to be baptizing people. Uh, lots of people are going to be getting baptized that day, celebrating the, the decision they're making to follow Christ, to follow all the teachings that he's given. And we also do this thing called baby dedication or child dedication. This is where it comes from. This is the biblical precedent that we see as a process that when we are given children, we have to remind ourselves that they are not ours, they, that God has blessed us with them, but we are to return them or dedicate them back to God, that they are dedicated to service for him. So we pray over them, and we love them, and we help them, we help navigate them, but ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to remind ourselves, this is your creation, this is your child, and I celebrate the fact that I get to be a part of their life, but I am not owner of their life. God, you own their life. This is why dedication is so important. This is why we see her make a commitment of dedication and a commitment of prayer. The second thing that a godly mother does, not only does she pray and dedicate their children to God, but a godly mother will defend her children uh, and stand for the promises that are given to them. A godly mother will go mama bear on you if you do not, if there's injustice that go down. Y'all hear that? They will go caring on you, full caring. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry if your name is Karen. That's just what's happened in our world today. They will let you have it. We see this happen in the Old Testament. Uh, I'm not going to read the story. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. First uh, Kings chapter 1, uh, there's the story of King David uh, and Bathsheba, and they have a son named Solomon. And King David uh, was going through some stuff, and Bathsheba felt like Solomon was going to be overlooked for having the throne or getting the next kingdom, becoming the next king. So Bathsheba boldly approaches David and basically says, listen, don't forget your promise to pass off the kingdom to him. Now, why did she do this? Well, here's why. Here's why. Because in those days, and even King David, King David was not king by bloodline. He was king because God had rejected King Saul, the, call, the, the king before him, and God then instilled King David as king over the kingdom of Israel. But that wasn't, it didn't work the way we just saw it happen over in England with the whole pomp and circumstance that went down with that. It didn't happen that way in those times. It was more about the, the directive of the calling of God. And so um, here Bathsheba goes mama bear and just makes sure, hey, don't forget Solomon is to be the next king of Israel. Now, let me tell you how dangerous it was for her to do this. In those days, uh, if the king didn't like what you had to say or what you were wearing or how you looked at him, he could have you killed immediately. He had that authority to take your life if you crossed him or he thought you crossed him in any way, shape, or form. So when Bathsheba began to do this, she put her life at risk. And it reminds me so much of all you mothers out there. You put your life at risk to protect your babies. You are the advocate of your child. Now, I want to be very clear and understand this. Uh, a mother, when they're steady and they're stable and they, they see the full picture, can bring about justice in a, very, in a place where injustice 
would try to prevail. We see it happen throughout the Bible. We see it with Sarah to Jacob, with uh, Rebecca to Isaac. We see this happen all the time. But understand that a mother that goes full mama bear on someone, they do it respectfully. They do it lovingly. They do it kindly. They don't tear one person down in order to build their children up, nor do they do it to show off to their kids. They do it as a symbol of valiantly standing up for injustice, injustice that takes place. If your kid has done wrong, they own it. And all the moms in the house say, that's right, right? If your kids are clearly in the wrong, they own their wrong. You don't get to defend them. If they, if they did wrong, they have to own the responsibility of doing wrong. I remember whenever I was in school, my mom, oh, my mom, she is my biggest fan. She will do anything for me. But I tell you what, I never won against the teacher. I never won against the teacher. And all the teachers in the house say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, come on now. She get teachers being like, come on, that's the way it's supposed to be. Because my mom said, listen, I don't care. That's your authority. That's your responsibility. You do what you're supposed to do. Never won. But if I went against the teacher, my mom said, no, 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 here's the deal. I'm on their side, so just stop right there. I'm on their side. It's not quite what we see in our world today, though, is it? We see a lot of, in, we see we see injustice, but we also see a justification of injustice. And that's the part that moms, godly moms, see the bigger picture and make sure that they're calling it the way God sees it. I, I, one instance that I do remember growing up playing football, uh, I remember one particular game. Uh, it was when I was about a junior in, in high school, so I've been playing for several years. And uh, my coach, I wasn't doing something right on the field, and my coach is becoming, you know, coachy to me. If you guys are guys, you know what I'm talking about. He did not care. I mean, that PC did not happen back in my day. It was come up. He grabbed you by the face mask. He yanked my head around. He slapped me in the head. Get your head again. And everything like that. My mom was in the stands. And my mom was coming down out of that stands. My dad had to grab her and hold her back from coming down and telling that coach what for. Now, thank God he did. That would have been horribly embarrassing if mama was down there doing that. But what, I, what I'm saying is that, that mother has this instinct, this drive, this desire to step in and to fight for their kids. Throughout my life, personally, uh, I've had things that haven't been so encouraging spoke about me. I've had things that have been, things that have been said about me or towards me in my future when I was little, uh, about what I would amount to and what I would become. And my mom would just look them in the eye very courteously and very as kindly as she could be. She said, you don't know who he is, and you don't know what he'll become. I know what God is in him and where he will become. And my mom is, my, is, is one of my greatest cheerleaders and one of the people that stand beside me. And I know that that's true for so many of you out there. A mom not only prays and dedicates her children to God, defends her children and the promises that they have been given, but this is another thing that moms do. Last thing is this. A godly mother releases her children to a calling, whatever that calling is, that God has placed upon their life. They release them open-handed, not tight fist. This is release. This is blessing. This is go. I believe in the calling that God's given upon your life. This is selfish. This is my way. This is my will, what I want to be done. This is God. This is releasing, this is holding on, and trying to do what you want. So let's go back to the first story I talked about with Hannah. Let's talk about the rest of the story. So here's Hannah. Hannah has this child, 
Uh, she wanted a child, prayed for a child, has this child. And here's what it says. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, continue the story in verse 24, uh, verse 24. It says, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her young as he was, as young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull. Uh, and they went to Shiloh to make a sacrifice, but not just sacrifice of the bull. She went to release her son into the care of the priest that were there. Here's what it says, uh, verse, 20, uh, verse 26. It says, and she said to Eli, she said, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am a woman who stood beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked for. So here's what, so now, now I'm giving him back to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given to the Lord, and he, Eli, worshiped the Lord there. And as this young boy grew, he grew up in a home. He grew up at the, at the temple, learning about the priesthood, learning how to worship the Lord, learning the sacrifices, learning the sacraments, learning how to worship God in that place. But it wasn't easy. And Hannah knew this about his life because Eli, the head priest the, that, that, that was there, the, the, the main priest, he had two sons that were wicked and corrupt. They were evil as all get out. So imagine you taking your little child and giving them to a home where you have two wicked boys, corrupt and evil, that are there as well, influencing everything. But she believed, Hannah believed I release him to God, and God is going to raise him, and, Eli, and, and Samuel will know the difference between good and evil. He will learn. And what's interesting is, same in the priesthood, Eli's children were supposed to be the next priest of all of Israel, but they were not. Samuel, Hannah's boy, was placed in this high honor of becoming the priest of all of Israel. Let me tell you some of the things that Samuel, that Samuel had the blessing of God to do. First off, he was holy. He was a righteous, righteous man. He did right things in the, in the eyes of God. He served God faithfully in that place. He served God with everything that was in him. He gave his entire life back to God. He was the first king to anoint, I'm sorry, he was the first one to ever anoint the very first king of all of Israel, Saul, King Saul. He anointed King Saul as the new king of Israel, even though Samuel disagreed with that process because they weren't supposed to have kings in those days. God was to be their king. But instead, he went and he anointed the first king of Saul. He was also the one that went to a house and found a little shepherd boy known as David out in the field, and he saw him that what, God see, what man sees on the outside, God sees on the inside, and he then anointed him as the next king of Israel. This was a man of God that was used by God to do amazing works, not just for David, but for the, all the nation of Israel. And it would not have happened if Hannah, a praying mother, a dedicated woman of God, would not have obeyed God and said, I release him and dedicate him to the calling that you've put upon his life. Another story goes uh, in the New Testament with a man named Jesus. 
who had another pretty amazing mom, very amazing mom, known as Mary. Mary was found with favor before God, uh, given to uh, receive a child of a virgin birth, uh, to born and to, to raise him, to love him and nurse him. She had a lot more time than Hannah had. Uh, she had 30-something years with Jesus, raising him, watching him grow, watching him develop, watching him become the man of God that he's called to be. But Mary knew she could not keep him. She had to release him back into the calling of God. So one day at a wedding in Cana, there was a wedding and there was a shortage of wine. And so Mary goes to Jesus and says, hey, it's time. I'm paraphrasing. It's time. Time to do your thing. Time to, time to show who you really are. This is your time. In the scripture, Jesus, Jesus says, woman, why do you involve me in this? Well, it's her business. It's her business, right? And so she, she it's so funny. She didn't take no for an answer. She said, she said to Jesus, said, you do it, and now, now you guys, all this up, you do what he tells you to do. Get it going. And then she left him, and he did it, and the miracle happened, and that began the launch and the empowerment of his, his ministry years that came and touched the world in just three years' time. Jesus made an impact in this world that would change the world forever. Interesting, interesting. That's just coming to me right now. Samuel was about at age three when he was dedicated to the Lord. Jesus was only in ministry for three years, and he impacted the world. Power in three. There is such power whenever we release our kids. No one knows the potential. No one. <coughs> knows the potential like a mother <coughs> knows the potential. My mom thinks I can do everything. She doesn't know. I'm a big dum-dum. I just don't tell her. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, sure. No problem, mom. She just thinks I can do everything. And we think that Abraham Lincoln said this. It says, all I am or ever hope to be, I owe to an angel known as my mother. There are cheerleaders. They're the ones in our corners that even when we fail or when we falter, they root us back up. And they get us on our feet to run another day. I remember in my uh, life, whenever I was <clears throat> 18 years old, I, many of you may not know, but uh, my family traveled my whole entire life growing up to up to 18, singing Southern gospel music at all churches all around, uh, around the tri-state area. When I say tri-state, I'm talking uh, Missouri and, uh, and Illinois. Uh, and, and Arkansas and those kind of places down south. Uh, sometimes we came up here to Iowa. This is as far as north as we ever went was to uh, the church here. But traveling and singing with my family was really all I ever knew. I never forget whenever I got older, I started to really pursue what God wanted me to do. And I felt like this is what God was calling me to do. He was calling me to serve at a local church, to build faith inside of a steady family, a steady community, and watch them grow and develop. And I remember praying about that conversation I was going to have to have with my mother. I wasn't worried about my dad. Like, my dad, I know that he would have been heartbreak, but he would have been like, I, okay, I get, but I knew my mama was going to be devastated, right? So I'll never forget, I, I sat them both down, and I said, Mom, Dad, I just feel like God's calling me to serve at a local church, to help the youth ministry there. Uh, I just feel like that's what God's calling me to do, and I want to 
Step away from the ministry, step away from the singing, and go and pursue that at, and I had the church where I was going and everything, had everything already kind of in place. And they sat there, and my mom said, no, no joke, said, well, God ain't told me that yet, so you better go back and pray. <laughs> and over time, as time went on, God softened her heart. God allowed her to release me to the calling that God has brought me to to this day. And I'm so grateful for a mother and the mothers I have watched in my life. Today, moms, we honor you. Not because you've done it perfect, because none of us have. We honor you because of the woman, the strength, the, seek, the quiet strength you have inside yourself is amazing. Men may be strong physically, but women are strong with emotional to be able to stand in the midst of a storm. Sure, you cry, you leak from your eyes. Sure, you show your emotions at times and maybe sometimes you feel like it's too much, but I want you to know that God has blessed us because of you, because of who you are. I have had an amazing mother in my life, mother-in-law. I have watched my wife be an amazing mother and be the greatest cheerleader to, to our two kids, way better than I am. She's way better at it. I'm glad. I've watched her champion them. I've watched her go mama bear and pull them out of situations that I probably wouldn't have. But she has done the things she's done. I've watched my kids become who they are because of her and her investment in their life. This is what a godly mother is. Each one of us are striving to be a godly parents and godly people that God has called us to become. So today, moms, we honor you. We honor you because you are the glue that holds this world together. In a world that's attacking what that means to be a mother, we as a Christian kingdom, as a godly kingdom, know the true definition of what it means to be a mom and what it means to nurture, what it means to grow, what it means to champion beside. This is what a godly mother is all about. And I pray with you today. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, we come before you right now, and God, I just want to pray for our moms, for new mothers who are coming with terms with their new responsibilities, for expectant mothers wandering and waiting for that anticipated moment, for those who are tired, for those who are stressed, for even those who are depressed, for those struggling to balance the task of work and family, for those, God, our mothers today who are even unable to feed their children due to poverty, for those whose children have physical or mental or emotional disabilities, God, we pray strength upon them. For those who have children that they don't want, for those who are looking for children they desire so deeply, for those who have lost children, for those who have hurting children, for those in this place today, the mothers, the mothers who love so deeply and so passionately, 
God, may they be as Hannah. May not see it now, but one day, God, as they pray, as they dedicate, as they release their children to you, you will see those children become shining lights in a dark, dark world. I thank you, God, for our amazing moms in this place. I thank you for their love. I thank you for their care. Thank you for all those, whether it be by biological mothers or adoptive mothers or foster mothers or God mothers that just have been there and mentoring and loving through dark and horrible times. Thank you for all those we call mom here today. I want you to watch this video today as we close out and then we're going to come together and sing a song for our moms today.
out from where you're at. Come to the front. Come on. Don't act shy. This is your day. Come on. We want to pray for you. We want to thank you. No greater joy you get than being a mom. Come on in. Squeeze on in. We got lots of room here. Come on. Ah, your moms. I look around and see a lot of moms I've had in my life. I'm right here across you. Watch me grow up. You heard my name screamed a lot. You still love me anyway, so, so thank you for that. Moms, you are special. You are a blessing. And I realize in a world today that it's harder than ever to raise kids. I don't envy you, but I'm praying for you. Because I know there's a God who sees, a God who knows. And just like with Hannah, she released her child with two really rambunctious, evil kids. But she knew that God would watch over them. And every day you do that, you release your kids in a very evil world. All we can do is pray over them and believe for God to protect them. So can we just pray for our moms right now? If you're, if you're not up here, that means you're, uh, you're not a mom, but you're going to pray for moms. So I just want you to agree with me right now together. Let's pray a blessing over our moms today. Father God, I praise you and thank you for all these amazing women that you have blessed us with. God, for mothers that have invested, that have loved, that have nurtured, that have championed, that have stayed up long nights and prayed, that have watched heartbreaks and prayed over heartbreaks. God, that have been there through the dark times, through the high times, through the low times, through the discouraging times. God, mothers who sense something's not right. And they begin to pray and they begin to cry out and they begin to ask you, God, touch my baby. Watch over them. Keep them in your hands. I release them to you, God, for moms that when the world is crazy and chaotic, chaotic, they are the steady, they are the stable, they are the constant in the middle of a storm. Now, God, I pray blessings upon these moms. I pray against the stress, the strain of juggling the schedules, God, the schedules that can be overwhelming, it can feel so, uh, feel like you get lost in the schedule of life. God, for the tiredness, for the weariness of mothers, God, for those that after long days, they just want a release of refreshing. God, I pray when they lay their head down at night, they find strength in you. They find hope in you. They find renewing in you, God. Watch over these moms. Keep them in your hands. For those that have raised kids that are outside the house, for those raising kids today, for those with still kids to come, God, we pray a blessing on them. Watch over them. Keep them in your hands. Thank you, God for the gift of mothers in our lives. We love you. We are so grateful for all you do for us. Watch over these moms. Keep them in your hands this Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Now, moms, when you leave here today, we want you to get a very special gift on our table in the back. We went to Dollar Tree and picked them out for just for you. Enjoy them. They're our gift to you. So we appreciate it. Thank you guys so very much. Give all of our mothers a round of applause this morning. We want to sing this last bridge because this is what it's all about. This, uh, can you just stay right where you're at, moms? Don't leave yet because this is for you. May his favor be upon you. 
for a thousand generations. May he watch over and bless you. Listen to it. His favor be upon you and the thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and the thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you in the morning, in the evening, and you come. listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.